Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. You can always find us at chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. This is a big show today. I think uh, lots of stuff to cover, but I think we're going to manage it. I want to talk today about day 34 of the shutdown. Woohoo! And there's a couple Supreme Court cases that we need to offer some clarification to. And I want to get JC's take, the man in the sidecar, on uh, some capitalism versus socialism kind of things uh, that I'm seeing in the media today. And uh, I think that he can offer some really, really valuable insight on all of that. Just before we go on, though, I want to make sure that you guys know that Liberty Tour 2019 has started, which means go to chrisannhall.com, click on the calendar, and see where I will be teaching and JC actually teaching as well. Coming up this Tuesday, we will be at Mixon Fruit Farms in uh, uh, Bradenton. We, we go there quite a lot. Yeah. They've got a really, really active group there, and they've got great food that they serve. So if you are near Bradenton or within a few hours driving to Bradenton, why don't you check out the calendar, find the, find the uh, directions, and head on over that way. We will be, I will be teaching a class on religious liberty. That's the first time I've taught that there in Bradenton, and I'm pretty excited to bring that to them. Friday night, which is actually tomorrow... I will be in Cape Coral, Florida. So again, if you're in the Cape Coral area or the Bradenton area, they're they're kind of not too far from each other. Go to chrisannhall.com and check out the calendar. I want to start out with this this I this capitalism thing, JC, because Bono, you know, celebrities like to give their little inputs on, you know, life in the world and what's wrong with with people and Bono the the front man from U2 says that uh, capitalism is the is a moral a moral capitalism is a moral and needs to be addressed at a world economic forum now he didn't say it was immoral mm-hmm. he said it was amoral so right. there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. So it's not wrong. It's just void of morality. Is that what he's saying? Because I'm trying to wrap my brain around that. Yeah, it's, it's not. Ha- it, it doesn't have a morality mm-hmm. is, is what he's saying. It means how a person uses it. Right. So the person I mean, it's, itself. Be like say, that's like, you know, people that say, 
you know, the internet is immoral or, or a computer is immoral. They're, they're just tools. So you're saying they're amoral, which mm-hmm. means you, you don't have a morality. So it's, it's pretty much what we've been saying is that capitalism is not the problem. Greed of the people within the system, the immorality of people within the system of capitalism are the problem. Yeah, because, you know, the anti-capitalists, the Marxists, you know, they, they take the stance that capitalism is immoral, right? So th- their version is moral, is, is some of their argument. You know, they try to frame it in moral th- because they're, you know, we're going to we're going to take all this money so that we can, you know, get rid of poverty and mm-hmm. uh, give services and we're helping people and, you know, taking care of people and that sort of thing. We, we know that's not how a, any sort of command economy works. It's not right. how Marxism works in right. practice. It never has. It never will. Uh, you're you're robbing people. I mean that. Well, that see, that is was going to be my point. The the proffered solution to the quote unquote capitalism problem is actually a an immoral solution. Yeah. Now some would some would disagree. Some would take it farther than what Bono took it. You know, Bono was. I mean, he's basically saying capitalism is not evil. It's not. It, it doesn't have a morality. It's what you do with it. Some people would say, no, capitalism is moral mm-hmm. because of the way it, it Meaning benefits. Meaning it has to do with morality. Right. It, it has, Good or it, bad. It's, no, that it has a morality, that it, it, that it is moral in the positive sense, mm-hmm. in that it is what, what lifts people. It is. Mm-hmm. It, okay. it provides benefit. It's a positive. It's not a negative. So some people would you know, take it. He's taking a step up from immoral, saying, no, capitalism not, is not evil, it's neutral, it's how to use it. And some would go further and say, no, uh, it is in fact a good, it is a force for good, it is moral. So here's my next question. Uh, because so that, I mean, that's up for people, you know, you choose which, which you think. I, I would say it's definitely, it's certainly not, capitalism is not immoral. Right. At best... I mean, at worst, it's neutral, as Bono is saying, and at best, it's a it's a positive force. Well, I'm looking at the headlines today, and there's stories all over the place about how the upcoming 2020 election, there's going to be such a a huge number of people running under the Democrat ticket that those who do their political speculating are saying that because the Democrat ticket will be uh, so heavy that it's actually going to open the door uh, and create a more leftist Democrat party. So what they're saying is because there's so many candidates running, you know, the, the, it's, it's diluting the playing field to such an extent that the election will actually swing more left. It's kind of what we've been talking about before. And so and then you have so what you should expect, I guess, is more people with an ideology like uh, Ocasio-Cortez, the Democrat socialists and all of that. So my question to you is this. If these people don't like capitalism, what is the opposite of capitalism? I mean, seriously, what is what is the negative to capitalism is that. It's I don't know theft. Well, I mean, I don't know what the opposite is. What what they're offering is is command and control, 
economy, theft. I mean, okay, so that, no, wait, wait, that's what I was getting at. Command and control economy. We know that to be theft, right? But I think that a lot of people out there don't understand that command and control uh, economy is a bad thing. And so the opposite of capitalism is the command and control. And that's when the government is running everything, right? Is that pretty much what the Soviet Union was doing and what... what yeah, the central central planned economy, you know. Uh, what does a it, command it, it and control always, economy look like when, when there is no capitalism? Well, the thing about... Back to the initial question you were talking about. Capitalism... Here, here's the thing. So you could say capitalism is, is neutral. It's not immoral. It's not moral. It's amoral, as Bono said. But for I think for it to work like it should, it has to be paired with a morality, right? You have to use capitalism in a in a in virtuous a fashion. So, uh, and and that's what the I think what fuels a lot of the young people is they see capitalism used in a way that is immoral, mm-hmm. right? So in right. other words, the people are immoral or acting immorally within the framework of capitalism. So when you, you know, if you, you don't, um, for instance, you, you have a product, right, or a service, mm-hmm. and you, you charge your value. Mm-hmm. So if a person, um, you know, you, you steal from someone, you steal someone's product, you steal their invention, um, you know, you, you don't pay the value that you contracted to pay, mm-hmm. you know, all these sort of things. Or people will see, you know, these these young millennials, they see, for instance, the CEOs and these the rich executives making millions and billions and and their compensation continues to rise exponentially over the past 60 plus years while the what they call the worker, you know, the various levels of the worker pretty much stay stagnant so there is there is um what they view as immoral they don't see the competition they don't see the levels they don't see you know hey here's what you're aspiring to and you climb and then you have these ceos and and the ones like we saw in the bailout here you're getting billions of taxpayer dollars after you've collapsed your company uh, and then we bail you out on the back of the taxpayers, and uh, you know you go out and buy you a yacht and give your give yourself a bonus, that kind of stuff. So all all of that is used as fuel to say capitalism is bad. We don't need it. We need to replace it. So again, it's not capitalism that's immoral. It's people using it. So here's the point that I want to make. Then that way, moving to socialism doesn't change. The real problem. No. Because socialism, the command and command and control economy, which is also known as socialism, right? Yeah. So command and control economy is still controlled by the variable within yeah, the people, whether they're people. immoral people. Correct. The biggest problem is then the people in the command and control economy who are acting immorally, not only have uh, are, are controlling the economy immorally, they now operate with the force of government. Well, in addition to the potential... The power and force of government. Right, and, and it coupled with that, and in addition to 
immoral people being able to operate within the system, just like within capitalism. You also have an inherent immorality in the way, you know, the Marxist command control system works because you're, you're taking, you know, say I'm a producer and through my labor, I'm producing and then I get the profit off of that. You're basically saying, okay, I'm going to take that from you and I'm going to give it to someone else or I'm going to forcibly take it and provide these services for people. I never contracted with you to that. I never volunteered to do that. So there is an inherent immorality within a system like that. The taking, the theft, the the involuntarily confiscation of, of wealth. So the problem is not capitalism. The problem is a depraved and immoral people within that system. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. And we were talking in the last break, sort of a comparison between capitalism and socialism and the problem with uh the with capitalism being the immorality in society the problem with socialism being that it is flat out theft it's in an immoral procedure in which the government uses the force of government to pick winners and losers and to take from people to give to others and so i this brings me to the idea that i have about the government shutdown right so we're day 34 in the government shutdown. America is pretty much functioning quite well without the government for the last 40, 34 days, with the exception of the people who work for the government, right? So for the most part, the, the general population seems pretty untouched by the whole process, unless you're waiting for a patent or you have something going on with the IRS or like our friend who has a dispute with them, right? So all that slowed down. Here's my thought. If we were in a capital, I'm sorry, excuse me, if we were in a socialist society, can you imagine what a government shutdown, the impact of a government shutdown on society if there were no free market, if we had absolutely no opportunity to to work on our own and all go- all jobs were 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 government dictated, all money was you know parceled out as it was in the Soviet Union, and then the government shuts down. Think about this: What happened in Haiti when the government shut down? The streets were full of trash. Nobody picked up the trash. Services were not happening. You know, I'm just I'm thinking about this idea of the government shutdown on a scale under a a well, what the what the socialist Democrats would want you to think is to be this utopian society where we live in a socialist government. When the government gets upset and they decide they want to shut down and every aspect of your life, your job, your income is all dictated to you, everybody becomes a federal employee, don't they? In a socialist economy? Right? Well, I mean, they take so much of the percentage of it. I, I don't like the premise to begin with. I think, I mean, you know, not to disagree with you, but to me it feeds into 
the the false premise that the whole thing is framed in. I don't care how efficient you're doing something if I didn't give you permission to do it in the first place. Right? I mean, the whole thing's framed in how well, the, look, we're doing fine without them. I don't care whether we were doing fine or not. There's so many of these things all of a sudden that, oh, we don't have this, we don't have that. You were never authorized by the Constitution to do this in the first place. I don't care how well or bad you do it. You know, so to me, it's about the rule of law. Oh, no, you're missing my point then, because it wasn't about how well no, the government No, I understand the comparison. The, I'm just saying. Our society doesn't need them. I, I get that. I, I hear and that. And I think I'm just that's what I the people need to be saying. We don't need you, so stay out. Yeah, but I'm just saying it still ties it to the necessity. I mean, you can argue all day long and get a thousand different people to say a thousand different things. You could say, well, we don't need this. Well, I could go down the street and find a guy somewhere who accesses those services who would say the opposite. I need it. Now I don't have it. Right. So to me, if it stays in the realm of, you know, do we see these are unnecessary? And I mean, that that's an argument for sure but here's the thing it either is authorized by the constitution or it's not at that point there's no argument about whether you need it whether you don't need it it's gone now i don't have it well the federal government wasn't supposed to be doing it anyway and it's just like you say this this stuff is is manifest and then ought to draw your attention to the fact that this ought to be local state stuff so i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just saying the that's one aspect of the argument but for me when i that's all that i hear on the news that's that's the entire framework that i hear being discussed nobody as you do discusses whether they were authorized to do it in the first place it keeps being talked about about how well we're doing like the tsa thing Mm -hmm. we go to the airport and and you hear these comments as we're going through the security and all you know talking everywhere and and that's the whole thing like how long the line and this and that we were standing there, what was it, yesterday, and I hear these people having the conversation, and as we go to check through TSA, you, you have several passengers keep coming up, oh, I'm so thankful you came today, I'm so thankful you're here, and thank you so much for doing that, and I don't want to say, <laughs> wow. I don't want you here, I want to go back to what the law said in the first place, that the, that the airport should be pri- pri- putting forth their own security, but it was it was basically that was that law was broken and the government held these airports hostage and said you can't even provide your own security even though that's what the law said i'm sure glad i didn't hear that conversation can't learn the easy way you'll learn the hard way chris and hall she's liberty's lobbyist Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Uh, we're talking during the break about the 30 day, th- or before the break, by the day 34 shutdown. And, J.C., I'm not making excuses, nor was I actually, no, I, I, don't know, I, was, I don't think I was making the argument no, that no, you were making. No, no, and I didn't say that. You, you were saying if we didn't have what we have, it'd be even worse, right? If we didn't have right. the capitalism we had, right? Uh, imagine how bad it would be. So, in other words, they want a system. That if this happened under that system, the whole place would be completely frozen. We'd be able to do nothing because mm-hmm. uh, in a socialist, you know, this command control economy, it dominates such a large part of the economy. We would be just paralyzed. 
but we're not. Well, and that's the the, the comparison, and in, and again, it's right in line uh, with the understanding that. You know, like you said, the TSA isn't constitutionally authorized. The EPA isn't constitutionally authorized. Well, neither is socialism. Our, our, our constitution requires our government to be a republic. And you cannot be a command and control government and still be a constitutional republic like we have. And so what we need to be teaching the people, and I think this is the point that I was poorly trying to make, as we're talking about, this government shutdown for the last 34 days. We need to be reaching these people who are crying out, blaming capitalism for the shutdown and saying we need to be socialist and looking at them and saying, look, if you want to be socialist, you, wanna, you need to take this shutdown and magnify it by 300% because that's, that's what it's going to feel like uh, if we are a socialist society in America. And again, it's just we must, must, must be constitutionalists. And I, I promise you we're going to talk about a couple of uh, Supreme Court cases. And uh, I read an interesting article uh, on Politico, actually, uh, believe it or not, about the judicial selection for the Supreme Court. You know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is uh, becoming, it's becoming more and more clear that Ruth Bader Ginsburg will not be able to return. So they're going to have to find a new, new replacement for her. And according to Politico, well, you know Politico believes that, uh, or at least they're going to report that we have a conservative majority now on the Supreme Court, right? So, so is she retiring or is she just hanging on by her fingernails or what, what is going on? Yeah, here? well, there's no word of her retiring, but her health, I mean, she's not able to even appear uh, and hear arguments anymore. And they're, do, they're allegedly sending her transcripts, but in her health condition, I don't even know how she's reading them. You know, I, but you know how I think, JC. I don't think she's she's participated in this stuff for a very long time. Her her judicial assistants have have been doing it. Her you know her. Yeah, I don't doubt so. that at all. But anyway, somebody's going to have. I th- what it, the point is 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 that it's becoming an inevitability that somebody's going to have to make a decision sooner or later. She's going to have to retire, or uh, you know something's going to have to happen. I can't imagine that. Well, you know, I can't imagine that they'll just let her hang on until until she dies, because, you know, the vast majority of the American population actually believe that Supreme Court justices have lifetime appointments, which means you're there until you die. So if you hang on in a coma for the next six months, does that mean you get to be a Supreme Court justice in a coma? I mean, seriously, that's the kind of of things that that people would think i don't know we've seen instances where she's are she's looked like she was already in a coma yeah right sitting there <laughs> yeah in the it's in crazy. the house of the senate yeah that's yeah it is crazy so what should happen is is that uh congress should get involved and say okay she is no longer able to yeah. take care of her duties you know that's not happening that's not happening but anyway the article in politico was talking about how we are a conservative majority. Now, you guys know we are not a conservative. We are not even close to conservative majority, but that's how they have to sell it so they can swing the pendulum the other side. Well, that just that depends on your definition. That's the problem, once again, yeah. with that label conservative. We, we may very well be a conservative majority. We're certainly not a constitutional majority. No, we're not anywhere close. We have, we have maybe one justice that is 
um, consistently constitutional, consistently constitutional, and two runner-ups, right? Runners up, how that works exactly. So that's what you have. So anyway, the the idea was, why don't the liberals have a strong um, judicial uh, platform? Because apparently the liberal platform for for vetting justices is is not a very strong platform. Maybe because they can't define it, and they compared that to the Federalist Society. Okay, so the Federalist Society has this big group of law students who are quote unquote conservative and learning uh, primarily about original construction. Apparently. The Federalist Society brings in $65 million a year. They have uh, groups all over campuses. And Politico's like, why don't we have one of those? Why don't we have a group like that 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 influences justices? And my thought was, you do. They're called law schools. What in the world does the Federalist Society Society spend $65 million. That's what I want to know. Are you serious? They bring in $65 million? 65 point something million a year. What, what do yeah. they do with that? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Really? I don't I know, s- what, like what do you see them doing? I don't understand that. Well, they anyway, put on... Anyway, I don't mean to get sidetracked, no, 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 but, but they put on serious? conferences, and, and I'm, a f- I'm, I'm technically a on, Federalist a Society speaker. They pay you $1,300 and to show up to speak to a place if you're a speaker and so you know i I don't know but anyway forgot their change so i wanted to to put that out there before we get into this idea of the supreme court because there's a word of warning that i want to put out because politico was talking about this group called the american constitution society which is supposed to be the counter argument to the federalist society now i've been in uh tea party groups and stuff like that where they have used the american constitution society stuff because it says american constitution society sure so uh, this is just sort of the chris ann hall show psa the american constitution society by politico is being championed by politico as the antithesis to the federalist society wow so i thought that was aclu yeah, well, they're well, but but the American Constitution Society is forming groups in the college campuses like the Federalist Society is. Interesting. So they're like the Democrats versus the Republicans. Well, I guess that's not a really good thing because they're both the same now anyway. But anyway, um, uh, I, I went down on their website and they have their categories regulation and the administrative state. And, and this is what really caught me. Regulation plays a vital role in everyday life, ensuring that our drinking water is clean and our medications are safe and our bank deposits are secure. Mm-hmm. So this is a group that's going to be training up. They want to train up our lawyers and they want to be the ones who pick the next Supreme Court justices. And this is their kind of ideology that regulation keeps your water safe, clean and your, your bank money, your money safe and your medications safe. And so we all know that regulations don't do any of those things. They just make money for government. But anyway, these are the kind of things that they do. They have a section called separation of powers and federalism. And when you click on it, you, you, don't, you don't get Tenth Amendment Center stuff. Let's just put it straight out there. So they're very, very, they are the, the liberal living, breathing document uh, ideology that you find in the college campuses. I don't know why we need a group 
to actually uh, encourage that because that's exactly what our law professors are doing now. This is our judicial section, I guess. Uh, JC, we were talking about this the other day. There are, um, there's a lot of news going around saying that the Supreme Court uh, upheld Donald Trump's ban on transgender troops, which is simply, uh, once again, one of those mis... How do you call that? Misreported. It's misreported, right? So the Supreme Court did not... It's And it's actually kind of like the cake baker thing, JC. It's, it's not as bad uh, as the liberals want you to believe. It's not as good as the conservatives want you to believe. So, so number one, the Supreme Court did not uphold Donald Trump's ban. Mm-hmm. What they did is said that the injunction stopping the ban could not be put in place. Okay, so, and then they turned around and said, we're not going to decide the merits of this case. We're going to let that happen in the lower courts, right? So, remember, whenever you have, uh, whenever you have somebody sues you for something that you're doing, there's a a way to get an injunction or a stay so that uh, what you want happens. Now, they sued Donald, they sued the Trump administration to stop the ban, and... Um, so they jumped over the lower courts? They, no, they no, no, no. And then then, then uh, the people who were suing the Trump administration asked for an injunction to stop the uh-huh. ban until the de- case was decided. Right. So the Supreme Court, that, that injunction goes really fast up the ladder. And so then so the, the Supreme case Court didn't go up. The no. issue of the injunction. The issue went up. went up the junction, and the and the Supreme Court said we're not going to allow. We're not going to. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to do anything. So the injunction is is uh, or so the law the ban stays the same. So, so we're not going to do anything. They're basically saying, hey, it's got to it's got to get to us first. It's got to get to us first, which is very strange because we've seen them act on injunctions before. Yeah. Okay, so this is another one of those things that we're feeling out this new court. And you know if Well, that's a far cry from saying they upheld the ban. That makes exactly. it sound like it's gone through the whole process, mm-hmm. they made their final opinion and that's that. That's right. Right. So they did not uphold the ban. They simply said, "We're not going to deal with that." And you know what's really strange, JC, I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about this. This seems to be the mantra of this new court. We're not going to deal with this Planned Parenthood thing. We're not going to deal with this injunction thing. We're not going to do anything. You're going to have to go through the entire process to come up, even in cases where, the, where original jurisdiction is in place, right? We, like this one with, with people challenging an executive order. That would be original jurisdiction for the Supreme Court. It makes me think back to Robert's comments about or his his reaction to Trump uh, comments about political justices. Remember, he said mm-hmm. there aren't any of those things. So it almost looks like the court is going out of its way to try to appear mm-hmm. non-political. And like in the Planned Parenthood case, they that kind of overruled their reasoning, saying they, they saw Planned Parenthood and went, oh, no, we're not going to get political, when in fact that was, shouldn't have been political they Mm -hmm. should have heard the case and the same thing with the executive order on the transgender thing so uh it's it's a very strange kind of thing going on
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Uh, Chris Ann Hall and my husband and co-host J.C. Hall here. We are talking about the Supreme Court and this strange trend that's going on. And uh, the way that the news misreports what's going on. So the Supreme Court did not uphold Donald Trump's ban on uh, transgender uh, people in the military. As a matter of fact, they... Didn't, they punted. They said, no, we're not going to handle it. So it wasn't actually even the merits of the case. It was just an injunction. They said, we're not going to hear the injunction, so the ban stands. Now, here's the thing. Once again, same thing. Just two days ago, okay, the, uh, you hear that Donald Trump, the Supreme Court, overturned Donald Trump's plea on DACA. Uh, no, that's not how that's working either. It's another one of these cases where the Supreme Court has decided we're not going to deal with this, right? So what happens is, is now that we have, we have all these courts, these lower courts that have come and said that Donald Trump can't overturn DACA. And by the way, their argument is not that Donald Trump as president can't overturn DACA. Their argument is he didn't follow the proper procedure to set aside the executive order of DACA. So they're not arguing that he doesn't have the authority. They're saying, hey, you, you have the authority, but you did it wrong. Okay, so that's another thing that, was been, that has been misrepresented in the news. And so what happened is, is that they've, they've pushed these, once again, pushed these injunctions up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court has said, no, we're not going to deal with these injunctions either. And so uh, I think as uh, people are reporting, Donald Trump was hoping that the Supreme Court would come through and uphold his, his uh, re revocation of DACA, and that would give him better leverage in this whole wall thing, right? So his idea is, I'm going to let you have parts of your DACA, or I think he actually said, I'll let you have all of DACA if you let us build the wall. Well, we were wondering just the other day, JC, why aren't the Dems jumping on this? Well, this is exactly why the Dems aren't jumping on this, because they don't have to jump anymore. The Supreme Court is not going to put their hat in the ring at this time on this issue. So it really removes Donald Trump's bargaining piece. So we have a Supreme Court that's doing absolutely nothing, and now they're going to they're going to be hearing a case uh, on uh, on a state New York state law on uh, gun control, as a matter of fact, and this is going to be an interesting thing to see if they punt on this one too. So, uh, a New York City law prohibits any person who possesses a license to own a gun in their home from transporting that gun, even in a locked container separated from its ammunition anywhere except for one of the seven shooting ranges within the city. So if you own a gun, the only place you can take it is to the shooting range and back to your home. If you own a gun and you have two homes, you can't take your gun to your second home. That's against the law. You can't take your gun anywhere but the shooting range. And apparently the Supreme Court uh, has agreed to look at this case. And I think that's going to be a very interesting thing. I mean, I, I, seriously, this is, this is pretty much 
a no-brainer for me. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, but again, we're dealing with a Supreme Court that seems to be a mixed bag, and we're never really sure what's going on. We're, I guess we're still sort of feeling out the members. And I wonder, JC, do you think maybe the Supreme Court is hesitant to do things while Ruth Bader Ginsburg is in limbo? I, I, I mean, it seems to me it, it, this 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 strange trend of them just simply punting on cases or, or refusing, you know, we're not going to deal with this right now kind of attitude. Uh, I, I don't know if you can actually, if that's not a factor. They don't want the, uh, they don't want Ginsburg's judicial assistant to write her opinions. I this is one of the most confusing courts we've had in probably the history of the Supreme Court. I don't I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they know what they're doing. Uh, Gorsuch seems to be the only one you can depend on for consistency. And beside other than that, you have no idea what they're going to do. Well, we'll keep our eyes open and we will keep doing our research to so that you can see what's going on as well. Don't forget to follow us at chrisanhall.com. Go to SoundCloud and uh, subscribe there as well. And we will see you again on Saturday.